I would like to introduce Connie Lofton. She is the Area Work Incentive Coordinator from the Social Security Administration, uh, LA, Los Angeles metropolitan area, and she works out of the Los Angeles district in downtown. Um, Connie is a uh, he, she provides training and outreach activities on employment supports, and she works with the Ticket to Work and um, Work Incentive. Uh, what is it called now? <laughs> work Incentive um, Program. And so um, with that, I'll, I'll have Connie. Um, Thank you, Raquel. That was absolutely uh, beautiful. I can't believe that she remembered all of that about me in such a short time, but um, it's really, really a, a pleasure and a great opportunity to be here, and I just am very excited when I got the invitation to come. I told Raquel that Saturday outreach is pretty tough, but being that this is such a great opportunity for you all to even come out on a Saturday to be educated on some of the incentives that's out there for you, it's really quite amazing. So I'm just happy to be here. And as Raquel was telling you that I work out of the Social Security office downtown Los Angeles, and that office... Um, is located actually right in the middle of downtown. So we're in a, a skyrise building, and a lot of people were amazed because we still have so much uh, traffic in our office. Even though we're in a, a tall building, people find us, and it's a good thing. I actually work with the Ticket to Work legislation, and the Ticket to Work legislation was actually en enacted in 2003. So we have been trying to uh, go out to encourage our beneficiaries to return to work, to go back into the workforce, to be self-sufficient. And out of all of those years, the first thing that I always hear when I go out to do my presentations, people have the... Um, Barrier, and that is one of the things that I'm here to do is to tear down the barriers that everyone have the fear on returning to work. And so I'm going to be sharing a lot of information because when I come out and the first thing that I hear as a barrier why um, folk don't want to return to work, the first thing they say is because I would lose my health coverage. They says that it doesn't really matter to lose the benefit because the benefit will be replaced with my earnings. I don't care about that. I care about losing the health coverage, and that's why I don't re want to return to work. Well, would you believe that that is very incorrect? You do not lose your health coverage. In fact, one of the incentives for you to return to work is that you keep your health coverage. Okay? You keep your health coverage. You do not lose it. So that is one of the things that I go and try to uh, break down that barrier that if you return to work, you lose your health coverage. You do not. Okay? So with that, I have um, a little guide here that I'm going to be going over, and I'm going to be speaking in the title of this whole training that I have here is called Social Security Work Incentives for People Who Want to Work. By a show of hands, can I just see those who do, would like to go back into the workforce? Okay, that's great. So you're going to really get a lot out of this, this presentation on today. Plus, I'm going to explain the three ways a young person can get SSI and SSDI benefits, and when I'm going to not try to use acronyms because 
a lot of times everyone get mad at Social Security people because they use acronyms and and it's like we're talking in another Greek language. So I will not use those acronyms. SSI is actually Supplementary Security Income. SSDI is, of course, Social Security Disability Income benefits. And that is, I'm sure, the benefits that you all are receiving, one or the other benefit on today. I would like to let you all know that um, you are not alone out there. 600 million people in the world have a disabling condition. 600 million people in the world have a disabling condition. 54 million people with disabilities make up the largest minority group in the United States. 10 million people receive SDI or SSI benefits. However, 43 million people prepare and find jobs that suit them and focus on their ability. So one of the things it says here is never let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. There are no secrets to success. It is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. This is a statement made by General Colin Powell. Just a little facts here for your information. Uh, George Washington, I don't know if you all knew, he had a learning disability. Sammy Davis Jr., he had a vision impairment and he had cancer. Beethoven, he was deaf. Thomas Edison had a learning disability. Helen Keller, she was blind, deaf, and mute. One of her famous statements is, you will succeed if you persevere and you will find joy in overcoming obstacles. A few social security facts is that the average person receiving disability is 51 years old. 57% are women and 43% are men. Some more 2010 facts is that the average monthly Social Security disability benefit is $862. The monthly SSI benefit is $845. That's why Social Security, we encourage uh, people with disabilities who want more money, who don't want more money in here, okay? Who we encourage people who want to work to take advantage of what we call the Ticket to Work program. We want you all to take advantage of the work incentives. And this, all in doing that, will be protecting your cash and your Medicare benefits. So you may ask, so what scares people about Social Security programs? Change. Change scares people, such as starting a new vocational program or allowing their SSI checks to be reduced or just jeopardizing your SSI check by getting a paying job. That scares people, and and that is absolutely, I mean, normal that that would scare you. And one of the biggest things that would scare a lot of people who receive Social Security and SSDI checks is those overpayments. Creating an overpayment that has to be paid back. Sure, these things are scary, but a lot less scary when you know some basic program rules. Okay? I'm going to um, give you some Social Security Disability and SSI Disability um, Overview because both programs make payments to people with disabilities, but they're two completely separate programs. I'm also going to share with you three ways a child can get benefits from Social Security or SSI. The first is that a child under age 18 can receive benefits on their parents' record when the parents start receiving benefits or is deceased. If a child is disabled before age 22, the child can get benefits once the parent does or is deceased. 
for SSI benefits, they are payable to disabled children under age 18 who have limited income and resources or come from homes with limited income and resources. Okay? So Social Security, we want SSI to be a financial support to build upon, not an end unto itself. Ideally, if you choose your SSI, it will promote your independence, employment, your self-determination. And I look around at you all, and I see, you know, all this self-determination that you have to get up on a cloudy, rainy, not raining, but it looks like it's going to rain. And that would have really basically kept most folk in the bed. Don't you agree? So I see that you all have a lot of self-determination, that you have all this self-sufficiency that you're out here on this Saturday uh, morning. So, however, with SSI, just to let you know, the SSI things to consider for SSI is that we do look at your income, resources, and your living arrangements. So you may say, what if a parent or a disabled child doesn't retire, become, become disabled, or die until the child is older and is already an adult? This is what we call a DAC benefit. This is a disabled adult child. So they can start to draw on their parent's Social Security record as long as it can be established that the disability began before the child became age 22 and had existed continually since. So sometimes it's very difficult to obtain proof of a disability that occurred many years ago. Parents can help when possible by securing their medical evidence of a child's disability and having it available for the time years later when it may be needed. So, you know, if you have a child with a disability, you get ready to, you know, want to file for benefits for them, just ensure that you keep all their medical information readily available so when you go into the office to file for those benefits that, you know, you would have some types of records, even though this, the office do send you to our own doctors, but it's always good to have um, your own records to support your evidence on, on, the, um, on the disabling condition. As far as with overpayments, as we were talking about that, overpayments, I'm going to let you all know that the worst that can happen is that uh, your Social Security will will send you a letter ex ex asking that the overpayment be repaid. That's common sense. If you get an over, if you're overpaid, you know, do the work, we will send you a letter and we're going to ask for our money. However, we want you all to know that overpayments, if you get the letter, we do work with you, okay? So we would ask that it be repaid by monthly installments with no interest being charged if the monthly rate of withholdings proposed by Social Security is too high, then that's what we would do. We would talk to you and negotiate um, an amount that would be more uh, feasible for you to pay the overpayment. So like any action taken by Social Security, overpayments can be appealed. You know, you know that you can appeal an overpayment, and under certain conditions, overpayments can even be entirely waived. Okay. The work incentives, as Raquel was trying to say, now work incentives, what is that basically? Work incentives, this is very, very important because these are the things that's going to encourage you, give you that motivation to return to work. And the work incentives are different for each program for SSDI and SSI, but they provide the similar benefits. Who all are involved in the vocational and rehabilitation uh, okay, those, believe it or not, is one of our biggest incentives is being involved with the vocational and rehabilitation services. They have been providing the Social Security office with so much support. We get ravings from our recipients who work with the vocational rehabilitation and the Department of Rehab of their outstanding service that they provide to our recipients. So we really appreciate those services. 
Uh, we have, with the Ticket to Work, it explains more employment opportunities by how you can actually get, you know, more cash benefits. And the biggest is, of course, you get that extended Medicare, that extended health coverage. It has been said, just to let you know, that hard work spotlights the character of a, of a person. Hard work spotlights the character of a person. So that is what makes up you with your character when you work hard and try and do a good job. Some turn up their sleeves, some turn up their noses, some don't turn up at all. So I have a test question for you. What do you think about work? Can I have someone respond? What, what, what do you actually think about work? Anyone want to? Yes. That's right. That, uh, yes, sir. There you go. Yes. That, absolutely. Yes. Yes, sir. Perfect. Wonderful answers. That is absolutely great. And someone has said, says, I'm faced with a crucial choice, work or daytime television. <laughs> well, of course you would go with the work, right. Or hard work never killed anybody, but why take a chance? <laughs> Far away, the best prize that life offers is the chance to work hard and work worth doing. Benjamin Franklin had a statement, I am a strong believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. So I want you all to know that Social Security does not provide luck, but what we do provide that can help you overcome your barriers to work, okay? And I'm going to go very in detail with this. Those barriers that we want you to know is not something to, for you all to fear anymore. Do we have any students in the audience? Any students? Good, okay. Students, I want you to know that Social Security have one of the biggest work incentives for students. Any student receiving or eligible to receive an SSI cash benefit and is engaged in work we have found that that student incentive is one of the biggest ones that Social Security offers. However, you may have limited services and support for work, but what we want you to know is that the um, all students receiving SSI are eligible for SSI work incentives. So are you all receiving SSI benefits, the both of you? You receiving? Okay. So you, as long as you're receiving the SSI benefits, you'll be, you're entitled to the work incentives. So work incentives allow you, what that does, it allows you to deduct or exclude certain work-related expenses to maintain eligibility, increase your monthly benefit. And what we have found is that with the student benefits, it profits the students to work because it gives the valuable supports to transition the students both while in school and even after graduation. And it also, work incentives help obtain training, support, or service critical to enhancing their employment opportunities. So I'm going to go a little slow here because I'm going to let you know how these incentives work when you actually start to work, okay? What we first do is that we have what we call an earned and unearned income exclusion of $85 monthly that we take off the gross wages of your check. If you all ever have any impairment-related work expenses, we will also deduct that off the top of your gross wages. Any of the student in income earned exclusions, we would deduct off the gross wages. The plan for achieving self-support, that is one of the most dynamic tools there. We also would deduct that. Blind work expenses, we deduct that off the top of your gross wages. And at age 18 years old, the ticket to work, we deduct that. So... Your total gross wages received in a month is subtracted by $85, 
It's 65 uh, earned income exclusion plus $20 general earned exclusion. And then that bottom amount we divide into two. Then we subtract that result from the SSI payment. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. $500 is the amount of the gross wages paid. Now, if if you don't understand why I'm going through the formula, just to raise your hand because I want you all to get this. Okay? Okay. Yes. Do you don't? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down this formula. If you don't understand, raise your hand. I'm gonna re, I'm gonna have to repeat it because I want you all to see how it pays to work. Okay? You have $500 monthly wages. Then we deduct the $85 general earned exclusion. That gives the total of 415, okay? Then you divide the 415 into two, which result $207.50, okay? So this is how it works. Your SSI is $845, right? Then you minus the 207.50, which is the bottom result. So your equal... SSI still payable is $637.50. You will still receive the $637.50 SSI plus your $500 gross earnings. Your total amount that you will be getting in the month will be $1,137.50. That's your total income. Now we need to clap on that one, okay? No, can you see that you went from $845 to $1,137.50? Does everyone understand that? Pay what back? No, no. The, this is why we, we say that when you work, though that's one of, that's a work incentive. Do y'all understand? So that's why we encourage everyone that if you do work, don't let that scare you because we don't look at the total $500 income. We deduct that down using those great work incentives. So it actually paid you to work because right now instead of receiving $845, you're getting $292.50 more than what you would have gotten. Yes. Okay, she asked, that was an example of SSI. This is really a great question, uh, ma'am. That is an example of SSI, and she wanted to know an example of SSDI. We're going to go with SSDI separately because how work affects the benefits for SSDI is completely separate how it affects SSI. In fact, thank you so much for bringing that up for me because so many people get confused that with how work affects benefits for SSI is the same as, as SSDI. It is not. So when I talk about SSI, don't even think about Social Security disability or how work affects it because it is like apple and oranges completely, completely different. Okay, and I'm going to cover, that's why, because I don't like to put them, you know, explain it together because it gets very confusing. But, you know, I should have really brought that up in the beginning because that is one of the biggest problems that we have with our recipients. They don't know how work affects their benefits if they get SSI, and they don't know how it affects their benefits if it gets SSDI, okay? So everybody clear, we're not talking about SSDI at all. We're just strictly talking about SSI. And thank you again for bringing that up for me, okay? So that is how you're, you're going to get $292.50 more with your SSI because you were out there working in the workforce and that's one of the biggest incentives that's out there because we deducted all of those great work incentives from your gross wages. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, right. Okay. Oh, he said, okay. To repeat the question, he says that that's for a minimum wage job, which is true. So what if you are working a full-time job of $1,000, then you would deduct the $85, 
and the result of that, you would divide into two, and it just reduces your SSI check down more to the point that, say, it reduces it down to zero, that it reduced it all the way down, that you do not get an SSI check at all. However, the best part of this is that you still will receive your Medi-Cal. Your Medi-Cal will continue, and a lot of of our uh, recipients don't understand that if their SSI, because of work, went down to zero, because they're doing so well in the workforce, that they don't entitle to SSI Medi-Cal. Yes, you do. You entitle yourself to SSI Medi-Cal all the way up if your earnings reach what we call the poverty threshold of $37,324. And if you make that type of money a year, you're, you're pretty good. You're doing, you know, pretty good in the workforce. But there's still, um, if you work yourselves to the point that you work over the threshold amount, you can still receive Medi-Cal through what we call our 250% working disabled program, which a lot of people don't know about that either. That's a program out of the Department of Public Social Services where you can still receive Medi-Cal because you're working. That's an incentive for them. They're saying, oh, you're out in the workforce. We're going to promote you and, and, and motivate you and give you a pat on the back where you won't lose your Medi-Cal. And that is like you have a small, very small share of costs to keep your Medi-Cal. So just to let you all know that Medi-Cal continues even if you are earning up to like $37,000 a year. If you work that much, you can still keep the Medi-Cal. Once you, if you lose it for the SSI, you can still have the working Medi-Cal through the Department of Public Social Services. Okay? Let's talk a little bit about the impairment-related expenses. That's another great work incentive. And that is one, if you are... If you have out-of-pocket expenses that are a direct result of your disability, Social Security will deduct those expenses from your monthly wages, okay? And the reason why we do that is to lower your countable income and to keep your SSI check higher. So some of the items that can be deducted as far as items is the medical equipment, uh, communication equipments, medication, dog guides, and medical supplies. Some of the services that could be considered an impairment re- work expense is medical services, attendant care, uh, diagnostic procedures, job coach, and community residence programs. However, you need to keep your receipts for that, okay? We do need to look at a receipt to see what money that you spent so that when you start working, we'll deduct that. If it's $200 of, of impairment-related work expense, we see the receipt, we'll deduct that off the top of your gross wages. And that is another really powerful work incentive. Say transportation costs. That is a work incentive. We have transportation costs can sometimes be deducted from your monthly earnings as long as it is necessary due to the disability and regular public transportation is not available. So I want you all to know that also, okay? I'm going to explain a little bit more about the impairment-related work expenses. It is an impairment out-of-pocket expense incurred by a disabled person to enable, see, this is what it is. This is it's, it's enabling you to go back into the workforce, Okay, and the amount of that can be deducted from the top of your SSI gross wages. Now, I'm going to go back to the, those two students in the back and, and let them know that in order to receive that student work incentive is that you are attending school, which is I really applaud that. For you, from you too, that you, you know, are attending school. That's a great, great thing right there. You're attending and you're getting your higher education. If you plan to work while attending college or high school, so that's what this is all about. You get your SSI check, you're planning to work while attending college or high school, but you don't want to jeopardize your SSI. The SSI student 
and earned income exclusion can create powerful, now this is what you call a powerful wage uh, exclusion. We will not count the first $6,600 yearly earnings up to $1,640 per month, and your Medi-Cal will continue. However, you would have to allow this, you would, you would have to be under age 22 and regularly attending school. That is an age requirement on that, okay? Also, uh, the definition of regular attending school means taking one or more courses, at least eight hours of work in college, 12 hours work in grade seven through 12, 12 hours of work in a job training for even less time if beyond students control. That can also include home study. So I'll give you an example of how that exercise student earned income, how that is really a powerful work exclusion. Say, for instance, a student earns $1,870 in the month. That's quite a nice earnings per month, isn't it? We would exclude $1,640 of that. We won't look at that. We won't look at $1,640 at all. So the non-excluded amount would be $230 is all that we will look at. So we'll look at this. Your boss pays you $1,870. Your SSI check will be reduced by only the $230 because we didn't look at that $1,640. So your SSI check would be $481.50. Your gross wages would be $1,600. Do you know that gross amount that you will receive is $2,081.50 for that month. That is why it says that SSI student exclusion is powerful. Okay, the question was, does the student earn exclusion also... You, can you also deduct the impairment-related work expenses? Yes, you can. Okay. Now with that, I'm going to move over to the pass, which is called Plan to Achieve and Self-Support to get a pass to an education and, and career. This is one of the things that is very good because Social Security now, what we... Um, have done with this that there has been so, so much interest in the past, which is it will allow you to set aside money, income, and or resources for a specific time for a specific work goal. And SSI does not count the money set aside when determining your SSI eligibility or payment. This has been such a great work incentive that now they took the past out of the local field offices and they put it in a special uh, office, the Anaheim Social Security Office, with two individuals who work with past plans only. They're called the past cadre, because what Social Security want to do is just focus on all of those pl- those past plans that have been coming in to these two special people, and this is what I call them. They're very special people who will guide you in taking advantage of the, of the plan to achieve self-support. And their names are Kim Smith and Doris Guerrero, and they're located out of the Anaheim Social Security Office. And they will answer any question or concern that you have if you're interested in, in um, applying for a PASS, plan for achieving self-support. They will walk you through that specific um, paperwork for that you can take advantage of that most powerful work incentive in itself. And if you want their phone numbers, um, it's out of the Social Security office in Anaheim. It's a a toll-free number, 888-280-9412. And they will just direct you over to the past cadre. And even if, you know, you you can't write this number down, my name and phone number is a contact on that paper. If you have and want to find out more about that, you can just give me a call and I'll take care of um, providing you with their phone numbers. Okay?
Yes. Yes. No, we no. It can't be fictitious. No. <laughs> okay. He said. Okay. Okay. The question is that: What if this plan for achieving self-support is for a fit, 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 yeah fictitious goal? And I'm telling him that that will not work. This has to be a true goal. <laughs> This cannot be anything, you know, that you're imagining or anything. Because, yes. He says that if it's if if the goal is to set aside a new for a new computer in the future. And then later on, you realize that you don't need a computer. Well, that's not a fake goal, right? Your intentions were good. So the, the, the intentions, because we know that in life things happen that is out of our control. But you went with the intention, the good faith intention that you was going to buy this computer to help you achieve a specific goal, then that is, that's not a fake goal, okay? <laughs> okay. Any other questions on that? Because I wanted you to know um, a little bit more about the Medi-Cal and how it comes with SSI. Um, I was very glad that gentleman asked about, you know, that part-time work. How does it, you know, when you are in the workforce and, and making 40 hours a, a week? 40 hours a week is full-time work. And that's already explained. It's called our 1619B program where that Medi-Cal still continues on even though your SSI went down to zero. And the threshold earnings amount is 34324 So before I move on to the SSDI and how that works, do we have any questions on SSI and how work affects the benefits for SSI? No? Okay, so y'all pretty much erase everything I said about SSI, if you can, because we're going to move over to those who receive Social Security Disability Income. Okay, Social Security Disability Income. If you work and you receive Social Security Disability Income, and you might even have, some of you might receive both. So if you receive both, just remember how that SS, how your, your SSI is going to be affected by work. But Social Security Disability Income, the biggest work incentives that we have given is that extended Medicare. Nine and a half years, even if you do not receive a penny in disability because you worked yourself off the rolls, your Medicare will continue for eight and a half years. I'm sorry. That is awesome, eight and a half years. It even gives you that opportunity so that you can um, work up into an employment that will eventually have that Medicare coverage for you. That is powerful. Imagine not receiving a Social Security disability check and still entitled and eligible for Medicare is outstanding. One of the things that the Social Security Disability offers is what we call a trial work period month. You look confused. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. What's your question? Okay. If you did so well out in the workforce that you worked yourself off of the disability roles, that you do not receive a disability check anymore because your earnings got so high that you are so self-sufficient out there, you can still receive the Medicare for eight and a half years longer. Okay? All right. Clear? Yes, ma'am. Well, the premium, there is a, you have to pay into it, though. It is a pay, you know, it's just like how you, if you're on Social Security Disability anyway, you still have that, you know, that, that buy-in premium. You, you still have to pay for it. 
but it's it's least expensive than trying to get private insurance out there, as you all know. Okay. Now, are you all ready for Social Security disability benefits? How does that affect your benefits? As I said, that we give each individual a trial work period, which is nine months of making, yes, nine months. That's trial. Trial work period is for nine months. It does not have to be consecutive months. But you can go out into the workforce and make as much money as you want to, and you can still receive your disability check. The trial work period for 2010, and and remember, these uh, limits go up every year. For 2010, a trial work period is $720. So if you make $720 or $7,020, you have generated a trial work month, and you can still keep your disability check. So we encourage you that while you're in your trial work period to make as much money as you can because you can still get your disability check. So don't waste the trial work month on making $720, whereas you can make $7 million or whatever, (laughs) and you can still keep your disability check. So keep that in mind. Trial work period months, Make as much money as you can. You have trial. You have nine months to do it. It does not have to be in a consecutive amount. If you never reach that $720 mark, you would never be generated a trial work month. Any questions on trial work periods? Any questions on trial work period? Yes, ma'am. I know someone, my brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, she says that she have a relative who... Um, I guess was in his trial work period months, and now he's hit with an overpayment. That is a case that if I don't have a Social Security number to look into that record, I cannot find out what's going on with that. I want you all to know that if you are in a trial work period, you can work and earn as much money as you want to and still receive your disability check. Okay, so as far as that relative of hers, I would have to look into his specific case individually to see. But you are not penalized for working in your trial work month. That is what, that's the trial work period. That's, we're testing, you know, you're just testing the waters. In fact, we find, I'm sorry. Okay, I, you find that, The trial work period, a lot of people go out there and earn $5,000 in a month, use their trial work period, and they have a relapse. They can't work anymore until they get better. So that's not, then they may come back nine months later, ten months later, and make $5,000. So then their trial work period number two would kick in later on. So remember, you even have up into 60 months to use your trial work period. If you are working, earning that $720 or $7,020, then you use a trial work period. Just one second. Oh, I have 10 minutes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay, she says that when you notify Social Security when you are working, when you're working, then what you need to know that you would notify us if you make that amount, the trial work period amount, which is $720 for 2010. Remember, it goes up every year. So if your earnings are lower than $720, we don't really, for Social Security disability, remember, we don't care because you're not affecting a trial work month or anything. Good, good question. Okay, uh, I'm going to take one more question, and then I'm going to finish the last part, which is the ticket to work. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Um, 
Yeah, see, blind, the, and in the, and the, and the end, I was going to give you, yeah, what, what, uh, I was, that was, <laughs> you took the last part of my speech. Because <laughs> I was going to tell you that the blind work incentives um, is $1,640, opposed to if you're not blind, it's $1,000 for 2010. Okay? And that was the next thing I was going to say. Once you use your trial work periods, then you go into three years of extended period of eligibility where any earnings you make, since you're blind now, this is only for the, the blind work incentives. If you make $1,640, you will still keep your disability check plus your, your check from your job. Okay? For our beneficiaries who are not blind, the substantial gain for activity amount is $1,000. So it's two different figures. Substantial gain for activity, if you're blind, you can earn $1,640. Keep that money from your job and keep your disability check. Now, is that double money? That is double. You get two checks. So it pays to work. Does everybody agree? Okay. Now I'm going to go over the ticket to work, which is the last part. The ticket to work is basically, it's a document. If you get SSI or Social Security Disability, if you're age 18 to 64, you would get a ticket to work, which is just a, uh, it's just the fact that Social Security has agreed to pay an employment network to support your services to return to work. And all the employment network does when you have a ticket to work is that they help you find, enter, and retain employment. And there's no limit. There's not this ticket to work. It doesn't expire. However, it does uh, protect you from medical reviews, and it gives you services of WIPA programs, which will help you uh, go back into the workforce. And, and we also have protection and advocacy groups that they will help you if you have a legal issue with Social Security regarding a, an issue. Then the protection and advocacy is one of our Ticket to Work partners who works with Social Security to help uh, our beneficiaries who have legal issues with the agency, and they will help you with that. So ultimately, the goal for the ticket to work is to help uh, you earn enough money so that you don't need SSI or SSDI. Is that good to say that you, you know, work that you don't, even you work so much that you don't even need the SSDI or SSI benefits anymore? You can continue to use those existing work incentives, and you can get benefits until earnings make them self-sufficient. And one of the biggest is that it protects you from those medical reviews. We have a lot of uh, scary situations when people get those letters that says, okay, we're, you're, we're ready to call you in for a new medical review, and, and they can't sleep over the weekend because they have to come into the office for that new review. Where the ticket to work, if you have it assigned to an employment network, we won't call you in for that medical review, okay? However, if Social Security started a medical review before they assigned the ticket, we will have to finish that medical review, okay? Every Social Security office, I want you to know, have a will. This is a work incentive liaison, so I'm called the Area Work Incentive Liaison, which I covers the whole Los Angeles metropolitan area. So I cover a lot of territory. I'm in L.A., and you see I'm out in Reseda, okay? So wills, the work incentive liaisons, they're located in every Social Security office, and they will help resolve any benefit-related issues to support you back into the uh, work environment and they will also help you with the training information. But I want you all to know if you don't ever want to walk into a Social Security office because of the crowds and all of that, we have what has been in a survey from from a survey given to you all and all of our beneficiaries who want to go into the workforce. They are a specialized office where they will sit down one-on-one. -on -one. It's called our Whooper program, and they will talk to you about work incentives. They have been trained in all the Social Security work incentives uh, projects, and they, you don't ever have to walk into a Social Security office ever. They will, you walk into their office, you will be, have a one-on-one -on -one appointment with them, and they'll help you go back into the workforce. So if anyone is interested in them, they will uh, please see me, and we will definitely make sure that you can connect. You don't have to ever worry about coming back into a Social Security office. 
And I'm going to end with Maximus as far as being the program manager for the Ticket to Work. Maximus is like the um, head Ticket to Work. I work with Social Security. Although I'm the Ticket to Work legislation coordinator, the boss for the Ticket to Work is called Maximus. And they are the program managers for all of our employment networks. They will help you get back into the workforce. And the powerful part about all of this ticket to work, and as I say goodbye to you all, is that it pays to work because I explained to you how you can make money from your job and also how you can keep that disability check and have two checks rolling in for you instead of one. I appreciate your your. Oh, I have a question coming up. But I do appreciate everyone on today and your attention to what I had to say. A lot of times when Social Security people come out, everyone kind of say, oh, here's some dry material that I got to sit and listen that I don't understand. So I hope I made it clear to you all. And if you do have any questions about it, you can feel free to contact me. And as Raquel said, that my contact information is at the desk. I apologize that I cannot stay uh, for the rest of the day because I do also have an appointment and I have a son that's taking the PSAT test uh, today and I have to make sure that he gets there for that. But I do appreciate all of you all on today and feel free to call me if you have any questions or concerns. Is it okay if I answer the one question? Yes. Yes, yes sir. One, one last question. His question is that he received Social Security disability and the long-term disability, and how would that affect if he goes back to work? I can't answer the question on the long-term disability because I don't work for that long-term disability, and they have their own rules on work. So you would have to contact them to find out how work would affect your long-term disability, okay? It's a whole separate, different agency. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, Connie, and uh, we really appreciate um, you coming today. I know it's a Saturday. It's (laughs) usually not a working day for you, but thank you. Thank you very much for being here.